Welcome in to another episode of uh, our Creighton Volleyball Wrap-Up podcast. Maybe the, probably the last one of the season, right? We don't. There's not usually a whole lot of volleyball news to talk about during the offseason, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm Matt DeMarinas, uh, and that's Megan Ballinger. Um, I guess you can't see us, so I probably should have introduced us before that. But uh, we're here to break down Creighton's um, NCAA tournament weekend in Omaha this week past couple days they beat Ole Miss on Thursday and then lost to Kansas last night and Friday to end their season at 31 and four um I guess Megan would you uh, were you you were at both matches right yeah in the in the arena itself yeah would you uh would you think of the yeah yeah environment and everything the environment was awesome. You know, I thought it was honestly just electric in there. There was, you know, not many empty seats and people were cheering loud. And, uh, you know, even the teams that had to travel, I thought had good crowds. And especially last night, I thought, you know, the Kansas crowd and they had their band and cheerleaders and everything. So it just is what you think of when you, you know, think of the NCAA tournament and just a really good volleyball match. So it was fun to be there. Um, unfortunately, you know, the loss yesterday wasn't as fun and end as well, but yeah. yeah, I thought it was really fun, and I looked like the players were having fun and feeding off the energy from the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's cool that Kansas was there because, you know, they're contingent. They have a pretty good volleyball. I think they have a pretty good volleyball following, honestly. Like, So they brought a pretty good subset of fans there. and it, it, it I don't know if it balanced out the arena, but it certainly made uh, – certainly made for a really energetic environment because both teams had, you know, a large, uh, you know, large crowd juicing them up on every play that happened in their favor, you know? So it was a really good environment. Yeah, Um, definitely. It was fun, you know? Let's, uh, Let's start by breaking down these two matches and then we'll kind of get into some Big picture stuff. We'll obviously talk about the three seniors that are listed as departing. Obviously, there's one that had something happen this weekend that is still up was still up in the air entering the weekend. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that too, and then we'll just kind of give our thoughts on the season as a whole and maybe what the outlook is for you know the roster of projected returners. Um, so starting with that Ole Miss match, um, yeah, I don't know, Megan, if you were able to just – if you were able to see any of Ole Miss on, you know, their ES, ESPN uh, Plus packages before this match or if you had any feel for what they did effectively. Um, but, you know, it seemed like the the main uh, things that Creighton was kind of focused on was, you know, obviously Ole Miss's tempo is a little bit unique something they haven't seen a whole lot of this year, if at all. So there was going to be an adjustment to that. That was going to dictate maybe how the match was played. And then they have something that you talked about all year is three hitters up front that, you know, can put the ball down in one of them who plays six rotations. Uh, so, you know, I think Lauren Thompson, um, Anna Bear, and then Sasha Ratliff in the middle that Creighton had to worry about at all times and kind of get, get a feel for their tendencies and whatnot. So, what was your feeling on just that matchup in general going in? Yeah, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch um, 
um, before, but um, just, you know, being there at the match, I think the tempo, the main thing that you highlighted, it took Creighton a little bit to kind of adjust to that tempo. I thought they were going to be um, on blocks and things and weren't, weren't up and over um, quite early enough there to start the match, especially just, you know, adjusting because they run it fast to the pins um, too. And you don't see that as much, I would say, um, just generally across the board, most uh, volleyball teams that you play. So, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, they kind of adjusted. I thought it took them a little bit and then their blocking kind of came alive and um, digs too, I think kind of that defensive mindset um, just kind of carried them through. And when they were able to adjust, they thought they played, you know, like they have all season. I thought their defense was what won them the game as well as serve and pass. Um, you know, you, you, they can try to simulate that in training, right? In the week leading up and everything. But is it is it just something that you have to experience in the live reps when you face that team before you can get an understanding of the timing and everything? Like, all right, I think I have to be fast to the pins here. I think I have to be releasing a little bit quicker than I normally am. But until you kind of see it happen, you can't really get a good gauge for how fast you need to be, right? Like, it's almost something that you have to see live first in order to adjust to it, yeah? Yeah, I mean, as much as you try to simulate it in practice, I think a lot of times in practice, you're maybe based on, okay, let's run it to the outside. Let's get the fastball to the outside. It's different when an entire team is coming at you and you have to, you know, as a middle two, like, okay, am I going to the outside? Am I going left side? And if it's that fast, you honestly kind of got to take a step and almost guess and mm. kind of just try to read and see where the ball is going to go um, just because of how fast it is. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit different when you have, you know, the whole team coming at you and you have three attackers and then a back row attacker. I think it's just something you kind of got to settle into and uh, figure out the setter, figure out how to read her. And hopefully you're serving well enough where you're out of system because, I mean, otherwise you're going to get burned a lot if they're in system. Their speed is just going to kind of eat you up unless they you know, your pin blockers are just taking really huge dives and reading their hitters really well. I mean, your uh, senior year, you played Minnesota, and they traditionally run a pretty fast tempo offense, don't they? Is, is that, you know, there was some experience there for some of your former teammates that are still on this team that, you know, they've seen that before in an NCAA tournament match, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of them – sure but the times they um you know tool blocks or that sort of thing the thing you run into sometimes run a really quick tempo is you know your option to make a shot and have shot selection is very short like it has a very short window to okay where am i gonna hit this because you just have to get on the ball mm -hmm. right away and versus if it's set higher then you can maybe tool or throw it or kind of pick a different angle so yeah, it's, it can be good to run a fast tempo because you can beat blockers. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. That's the wonders of Zoom. Um, I think we're on a uh, good connection now. 
good connections, good in volleyball and in Zooms when you're recording podcasts. So we'll see if it works going forward here. Just had to call a quick timeout. Um, yeah, but, you, you know, we were talking about Ole Miss's tempo, and you, you look at, like, their <clears> – we'll get into the match in a second, but, like, their, their, uh, their key cogs, right? Like, Sasha Ratliff, their middle blocker, she had four kills on her first four swings, right? So – that was obviously giving Creighton problems. And then Anna Bear, I think, you know, she had five kills on nine swings in the first set. And I'm pretty sure she had um, three or four pretty quick in set two as well. So, you know, she was already up to about eight or nine, if I'm not mistaken. And then Ratliff was at four. They only had five the rest of the match after that midway point. You know what I mean? So it did feel like Creighton just got a really good feel for that tempo that was just, you know, kind of creating seams. Like, I don't, I don't, it's, it's crazy that it clicked all like that, but it did seem like they were getting better block touches. Like you said, they were just in the seams to dig balls and get balls up and not let the oldness find the floor as easily as they were. Cause they were hitting, you know, well North of 300 um, early in that first set. Right. So it did feel like Creighton was able to just time that tempo a little bit better and then their defense could kind of take over. Yeah. I thought honestly to start the match, both teams just came out and were just nails offensively. And then defensively, it was kind of like, okay, there's not much defense being played, right? There's not many long rallies happening. Yeah. It was just like, okay, you know, pass set, let's get a kill. And that just seemed to happen for honestly both sides. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it didn't make for the most interesting match, I guess, to start it, but, then they kind of settled in, and I thought more defense um, was played, and you saw those rallies get extended. Yeah, you know, I, I, the first set felt like it was probably a combination of things, right? You know, um, you can't say that they weren't passing well because they were passing well, but I kind of wonder if there was some tentative serving on both sides just because there's some NCAA tournament jitters, right? And, you know, I, I just – I have to imagine it wasn't all just like these teams are just – on point with their passing game. Like some of it's, I think a little bit, some nerves from behind the service line that are creating pass or creating serves that are a little bit easier to handle and less disruptive. Right. Yeah. I mean, just being in the arena, I'm sure, you know, actually being on the court at first was a little bit like intimidating. I mean, it was definitely really loud and a lot louder, I think than probably most of the atmospheres, especially Creighton's played in this year. I know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm sure some of that, you know, was there and you're just trying to hit a good serve, you know, have good hand contact and get the ball and just start it. And then I thought, you know, they kind of settled in again. They're just in that specific skill. And I thought they were being a little bit more aggressive with their serving um, mm-hmm. kind of down into sets two and three. Um, you know, and then set one kind of was back and forth, a lot of long rallies. And you look at, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about this kid's greatness all year. Uh, and it, it looked like she was like ready to do something really special, you know? Cause like I, I, you know, you tell people about, and you experienced it as a teammate on the floor, like, you know, that there's that, you know, that Epic run that like when Jaylee winners is just going off. Right. And you just want to feed her every ball because she's in the zone. Like that. Remember that Marquette big East championship match where, she had like seven kills of your nine points in a must win. Like, it was just like, oh my God, that kid is going crazy right now. 
And uh, it felt like Jayla was getting in that zone. You know, she had five of she had five kills in the first set, first of all. And then she had, I think she had five of their first of Creighton's first eight points were on her kills in the second set. So, I mean, right there, she's already I think she had already had 10 of Creighton's 20 kills. And she's just, you know, it felt like, oh, man, she's about to do something special here. And, and then obviously that long rally at at uh, what was it? 10, eight. They're up 10, eight. And, you know, she takes that one last swing and gets blocked and um, her, you know, left knee buckles as she lands. And, you know, what, what goes, what goes through your mind as a teammate right there when it's a long rally like that. And, you know, you guys huddle up real quick to kind of, you know, get ready for the next point. And then you turn around and see your teammate on the floor like that. What goes through your mind? I mean, it's just devastating. I think, you know, you think, Hopefully it's not as bad as it looks. And in that case, obviously she wasn't able to return. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the hard part is as much as you, you know, love your teammates and want to be there for them. um, At the same time, you have to go out and play a volleyball match and hopefully win, especially, I mean, this, the game was not even near over, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the hard part. So you got to rally and figure out a way to win and, um, you know, in the rotation they were in, they kind of had to put people in different spots than maybe would be their first choice, um, as a lineup. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You just got to try to figure it out and claw away and finish the set, especially. And then you can hopefully regroup and kind of get a better game plan going forward. So I think you saw that happen, you know, they finished the set out and then, um, you know, they took a break there and they came back with a different lineup that they probably, you know, would be their first choice in this scenario. And, um, I thought they played well. I mean, I thought it was impressive how well they played down the stretch. Um, honestly, just after going through kind of that, I mean, it's a little bit traumatic, right? As a player out there, you just, mm-hmm. you think you kind of know what happened. I mean, so yeah, you, you just got to keep playing and gosh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to watch. I mean, it was hard to watch just being in the crowd and like knowing her. So, yeah. um, I know how hard it was to just be on the court. It's just, it's devastating and you don't want to see that happen to anyone, but let alone somebody that's your leader and, you know, taking a ton of swings for your team, she, you know, she's in every single rotation doing every skill at a really high level. So I think that just kind of even more, you know, makes it, makes it devastating. And then also just impacts the game. It's a, it was an unbelievable, like, psychological snapshot, I think, because um, she – I mean, she's just the one who, if, if that happens to, it has, like, a devastating effect on not just everybody – not just every one of her teammates, but the coaches and then everyone in the gym knows what Jayla Zimmerman means to this team, right? So – it's like I've never heard an arena go from, you know, because it was a long, it was a really long rally. A really like the players made really great defensive plays to keep you know points alive, and um, like there's usually a lot of juice when a play like that ends, right? You know, you're even when, even when like the home team loses the point, which they did, uh, you're still like the crowd still like is jacked up because they made a bunch of plays and had a bunch of uh you know hustle and effort and you you kind of like get behind them even though they just lost the point right so there was that and then just an immediate like hush like a dead silent hush because Jayla was you know on the ground like I've never heard an arena go you know 
go like that that quickly and it's just it it sucks too because you you know her career is kind of coming to an end she hadn't you know declared whether she was going to return for her super senior year next year or not or if if she was just kind of hoping to base it off maybe a defensive tournament run and then call that like good to go like you know ride out like on a good note as opposed to you know what they experienced last year with being one and done um so that throws a kink into things you're like well you know what what kind of injury is she dealing with now i i caught myself thinking about like her career and i was like oh yeah like you said there's a match to play here it's just incredible how players and i mean specifically players but coaches too have to compartmentalize those emotions in real time i mean you and, and you've been a part of it so i'm going to say you like you guys are incredible like you're incredible because like it's Kirsten was fighting back with every like muscle in her face tears for Jayla. Like you can see it when they, when you're, when she's walking towards it. First of all, she looked like she was really upset when she was trying to like console her. Cause Jayla was in a ton of pain. Number one. Um, then you watch her. She goes to talk to uh, Megan's Cosindi, who was going to sub in for Jayla. Um, the rest of the set. And then as she's kind of walking back to see how Jayla's doing after she gets, uh, you know, after they get the game plan part of it figured out because they do have to play the rest of the match. Um, you know, she looked like she was fighting back tears again. And it's like, those are human beings right there. How do you fight through all, how do you compartmentalize all those raw, raw, like emotions and then focus on a match. And I think that's what made the rest of it incredible for me one of the more incredible things i've ever seen because they didn't just beat old miss they pounded old miss like it was it was a close match up to that point and then jayla goes down and you're figuring like okay creighton just got a dealt an emotional a devastating emotional blow b it's to their superstar right they're they're six rotation senior captain she serves she serve receives she plays defense she blocks, she hits, she communicates. Everyone looks to her for, you know, advice in those tough moments. And then Creighton outscored them 40 to 19. It didn't even look like a competitive match um, the rest of the way. It was just incredible, wasn't it? I mean, like, how did you sum it up when you watched the way Creighton played after that moment? You know, I thought it was really impressive and, the thing you love about sports is that it's like the highest highs, right? And then at the same time, something happens and you're just like devastated. So, you know, you love it, but at the same time, you hate it. It's just injuries obviously are not ideal. And I mean, this couldn't have come honestly at the worst time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was impressive just for people to step up and like Megan Scosindi had to go in and play outside. And, um, you know, I thought she did a good job with kind of you know, the notice she was given, she's like, okay, I'm thrown in here. And she really hasn't played much all year. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for um, people like that. And um, when you get out there, you know, it's, it's just volleyball. And at the same time, you know, you see something happen and you're just like, it's bigger than just playing this game, right? Like you're hurting for your friend and your teammate. Um, so they just wanted to play, I think in her honor. And I think they talked about that a little bit and 
um, just go out there and play free. I mean, when something like that happens, I think it helps you put into perspective. Like we're just here to play a volleyball match, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not do or die. We just have to go out here and play good volleyball, hopefully. And then, you know, once you're off the court and win the game, then you can go, you know, be with Jayla and, you know, just be there for her. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, you mentioned, uh, Megan, um, just for the, I'm sure we have a pretty knowledgeable volleyball crowd, but I'm never really quite sure. Um, I'm also not the great, <laughs> the smartest person in this game too. So I learned some things. I kind of, I knew why Megan had to be subbed in and why it couldn't just be like, well, just throw Keely over there because that's what she does too. So can you, can you, uh, can you elaborate or explain, articulate, I guess is the word why um, Creighton had to sub the way they subbed the rest of the second set um, before the third set started once Jalen went down? in terms of rotations and what it does? Yeah. So, so yeah, it just depends what rotation you're in. So like Keely had been subbing in a different rotation. So she has to sub in that same rotation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is with like rotations. You just, you can't like take somebody and just be like, okay, you can go play outside now because you have to stay in that rotation and rotate in the fashion that it does. So if somebody like hasn't played yet, it can come off the bench and go into that rotation. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you know, start switching somebody that's in right back and be like, we're going to sub you and then sub you back in to be on the outside. You can't do that. Yeah. It's similar to what you, the team experienced in 2019, right? When in that fifth set right before, Mich- right before Minnesota, when uh, you were in the locker room being checked on, like Creighton had to t- take a delay a game because they didn't know if you were going to be part of the road, <laughs> if they were going to be part of the rotation or not for that fifth set. So like, then you just come running out onto the court and you're ready to go. Like that, that's part of it. Right. Because those rotations, the way they're, the way, the way you start out is the way you have to play the rest of the set. It's, it can't be one of these, like, like in, uh, you know, any other sport where it's like, well, one player got hurt, just sub someone else in their spot and go as you go. Like volleyball is a little bit intricate. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the way that you rotate, you have your outsides opposite. Uh, you have, your right that's kind of way especially you know that next row and then at that point they're like let's just finish the set and let's move on so that we can kind of figure out more strategically what we want to do in the next set exactly she was cutting out again but i totally understood what she was saying but (laughs) it's about having the hitters on the yeah where you have the hitters on the floor according, according to the setter. Um, yeah. So uh, the other, the other reason, uh, like, you know, Nora sis, you know, she had a really, I don't know if she thought this was as like powerful a quote as it was, but it, it hit me when she said it, like when she was, when we, I think she was asked what she was thinking um, after Jayla went down and uh, she said, she was just thinking about everything she says to her in a normal situation when she's there is like normally before every set, she like will give her a high five and then say, let's go kiddo. And the way she said it, it was like, I don't, it, this is weird, but the way she said it, I felt like I heard Jayla saying it. Cause that's something Jayla would say. Right. <laughs> so she's just like, let's go kiddo. Like, and then, I mean, she had 12 of her 16 kills after Jayla went down. I mean, she took the match over and I not only, to do that in that moment, but for a freshman, I mean, she is still quote unquote a freshman. So 
you know, no errors on 36 swings in your first NCAA tournament match after your, you know, captain and team leader goes down like that. I mean, what'd that tell you about Nora? Like what Nora is made of? You know, I don't, she's just a very level-headed person. Um, and I think you kind of saw that. Like she, she didn't do anything that was maybe like out of the norm for her. Right. She just kind of stuck to like what she's good at and she's just consistently good. And I think that's something that you don't see as much, especially in a freshman. Right. I mean, you kind of see her and you maybe don't appreciate as much of like, she's just that like steady Eddie type of person. Like she's going to mm-hmm. take swings. If she makes an error, she's going to take the exact same approach and, and swing hard. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's what's so impressive and she goes about it in a way that's like sometimes not super flashy and like, wow, like, and sometimes, wow, she has how many kills or, um, you know, just things that maybe she'd be like trying to play outside of herself a little bit, but she just six what she knows and um she's just consistently good Mm -hmm. yeah she's she's different that's a different i mean uh, and you know um almost head coach caleb (laughs) caleb amworth said after the match like she's gonna have a special career and i think you know it's uh well i don't think we're putting too much pressure on her to say that like you know you just look at i mean she hit 444 in tournament matches an outside hitter especially one that had kind of, you know, four hands in front of her a lot. It's amazing how she's just able to find a way to, you know, whether the ball goes down or not, like just find a way to navigate the block. Cause I I just don't, she doesn't get stuffed very much. She doesn't get roofed very much, you know, like she's, she's compromising that defense in one way or another, whether she goes off hands and, you know, a back row player has to get out of position to chase the ball down wherever it's going to keep it up. Like she's, she, she is incredible at just making sure that ball is alive when it goes to the other side of the net, because, you know, not only it it creates an out of system ball for the other team, even if you don't get a kill, if you tool hands and that ball's heading back to the opposing team's bench, that throws that whole system out of whack right there. So you're not, unless you get a great first contact on that thing, you're not going to be setting in system and you're, you know, you're going to be setting way off the net more than likely. So it's not just the 16 kills. It's how many of those 36 swings that she took got Ole Miss into a position that allowed Creighton's defense to read what was coming back at them better. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, you, you hit it on the head. I think, I mean, you'll see her flying and get really powerful kills. And then at the same time, you know, she'll throw it down the line or tool and she'll get the teams out of system or she'll get the, their setter taking that first ball. Um, and then you're essentially out of system. You're right with your libero setting. So even if she doesn't get a kill, I do think she puts pressure on teams defensively and then it makes it a lot harder for them to transition to a really good offensive play. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the, the but the, the and the thing about Creighton's defense is again, like you watch that first set and you're kind of wondering, well, which team is going to settle in here? Um, Ole Miss hit three twelve in the first set, and they didn't clear one fifty for the match, so that lets you know how uh, 
how locked in Creighton got. I mean, they allowed Ole Miss to hit 043 in the second set and then 138 in the third. So that was that patented Creighton defense built off strong disruptive serving. Um, and then them just being better in the transition game, which they've worked on a lot this year as well. So, yeah, it was just a crazy um, – it was a crazy match for the reasons that, obviously, the circumstances that they were dealt early in set two. And um, this is where I'm kind of curious about a player's mindset because doing it like – Doing it in that match is one thing, but you also now have to turn right around 24 hours later and you're facing a Kansas team that looked incredible against Oregon that came into the weekend probably being like really under the radar because if you looked around, a lot of prognosticators in the volleyball world were kind of predicting it, predicting Oregon to be a darling out of this pod and then our obviously Creighton being the seeded team um, at 30 and three, like, not a lot of people were talking about KU being a threat in this in this pod. So I think the players, you know, it fed into their level a little bit because, I mean, they didn't let Oregon – there was no lead changes in that Oregon match. They led from the first point every set and didn't relinquish it, um, which is impressive against a really physical team like Oregon. I mean, you look at Oregon. They, you know, they look long, athletic, like – that's that looks like a tough team to deal with, and Kansas had no problems with them. Um, so Creighton has to deal with a team playing like that, and then oh, by the way, you likely do not have Jayla Zimmerman for all intents and purposes, whatever her prognosis is or her diagnosis is, she's likely not available. How do you process that 24 hours of preparation where you have to, you know, deal with the emotional weight of not having your captain, your all American captain? And then also have to deal with the Kansas team that's playing really good volleyball. I mean, I think you approach it like any other match. Of course, the stakes are a little bit higher since it's an NCAA tournament match and it's, you know, win or go home. Um, but I mean, I think you just have to come out and hopefully play your best volleyball. I think for everybody, um, you know, that's going to be out there on the court, they're just trying to play their best volleyball of the year. And, um, just will your team to win. I think a lot of it is just, you know, hopefully you can will your team to win and um, play really good volleyball. So yeah, of course, I mean, they're going to be a little bit out of sorts. And I think you kind of saw that uh, towards the beginning of the match, just because it's a rotation they hadn't played in, um, you know, that much. And as much as a lot of the players had been playing, they've been playing different positions and been asked to do different things throughout the year. So, um, you know, Keely had to switch out and take a lot more swings than she had been taking this year. So, you know, it's a position she had played previously. Um, but it's just different of a feel, especially, you know, you're next to different people and um, just haven't been asked to do, you know, quite that much and carry that much load this season. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, the, the what you're saying right there, like totally encapsulates the first set, right? It was just all kind of a, Kate Creighton getting kind of calibrated, right? Like they're just like, okay, where's our, where are we going to be successful tonight? How do we, how do, how do we adjust to Kansas? What are they trying to do to us? Like, you, you know, they kind of got rolled over in that first set. I, they haven't lost a set like that all year. That was their most lopsided. Um, it was worse than set one against Nebraska. Um, but I think you saw them. It, 
you saw them kind of figure something out at the end of set one, which is kind of always the thing you're watching for when sets get away from teams. You're like, all right, what are these last, like, I don't know. I always try to look at it in five to seven points. Maybe that's too big of a sample, but I like, I try to figure out how the last five to seven points went. And if I feel like that team is figuring something out, right. Cause 25 to 13 looks like Creighton got smoked. But there was stretches there in that last five to seven snapshot that I was referring to is like where they started to get some things going a little bit that I think that could they could play with the rest of the match, right? And I think that's what you saw the rest of the way. Like Creighton, Creighton settled in at that point, even though they were still getting, you know, the scoreboard didn't say they were any closer. Um, the rest of the match looked like that, right? Like, did you notice that Creighton figured anything out? Uh schematically or did they just kind of settle in to what they wanted to do and what they felt like they could be successful at? What did you feel like it was? Well, I thought towards the beginning of the match, I thought Kansas's outsides were kind of eating them up. Just, you know, they kind of had a heyday out there. I think uh, number 14 was like hitting over 800 after the first set, <laughs> she was. Um, which is just nuts. Um but from a blocking standpoint, I don't think really they put any pressure on her. I think she was, I mean, she was hitting hard cross a lot. And I didn't really think anyone was, was home blocking wise or defensively. Um, so I think a little bit of that happened where they kind of let players, you know, have their shot that they wanted and um, they terminated. So I think Creighton sort of adjusted there and um, tried to figure it out, put a little bit more pressure on them offensively. So yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just adjustments and then, you know, you adjust one way and then a player will hit the other way or do something else. And then, you know, you have to adjust again. So mm-hmm. I think they didn't do that at the beginning of the first set, I didn't think. And then they kind of figured out down the, down the stretch, especially in that second set, which was really close um, there at the end. I thought they kind of put more pressure on them and disrupted KU a little bit more than they had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, set two is totally up for grabs. Uh set three was as well and set four. I mean, all three, like it's not, you know, it's not one of those things where, um, you know, Kansas had like a drop off after set one and then they never could get it back. Like there were, it was a, every point was a battle. I think that was probably the most impressive part of the match, the weekend, I think. Um, even though Creighton didn't beat Kansas, like they, you know, Kansas, I think had, there was a point in set four where it looked like um, I think it was right around me when Creighton was up 13, 11 in set four. And I, 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 I don't know. We were sitting in front of the Kansas bench, like across the way from them um, and on their side of the court. And you could just feel like there's a little bit of a doubt there. Like they, in the, in set one, it felt like we were in Lawrence. You know what I mean? Their energy level was insane from the bench to their pep man, to their contingent of fans, you know, in that back left corner in set, when it was like around 13, 11 and set four, it felt like we're in Omaha because they don't, there just wasn't a lot of juice. And then you kind of read body language a little bit and you see a little bit of a, like, man, we're not getting kills. Like we were getting earlier, you know, they're getting every ball up. They're putting it back in our face. Like this is a real battle. And it looked like Creighton was kind of taking over at that point. Um, now they, they end up getting up to 15, 11 and then Kansas, uh, there was that media timeout and Kansas kind of came out and I think they went on an eight, one run after that. So they, they got it back together. Um, 
But there was a moment there, like even as much adversity as Creighton had to overcome, where they were in control of that match. Volleyball has momentum swings like that, where it just shifts and you don't know why and you can't figure out where it went. But all of a sudden, it's not on your side of the net anymore. And I think Kansas felt that a little bit midway through set four. Did you notice it at all? Like, and, and if you're on the court on Creighton's side of it, can you do you read body language with the other team? Do you see that they kind of feel like, you know, they're losing their grip on this thing a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think you notice the body language. And, you know, at that point in set four, you've played a lot of volleyball, you know, and I think the teams, both teams, I think kind of settled in and, um, you know, they were still competitive and just trying to get points, you know, one by one. But I think at that point, yeah, I mean, there was a more complete volleyball game being played, you know, it wasn't being dominated by crazy offensive performances, you know, or, you know, just crazy defense and a lack of offense. I think you kind of had more of a well-rounded match um, as opposed to how the the game started. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit harder, I think, to get kills to get digs. So I think you just sell and you know, sell, you know, they're like, we're we're near the end of the tunnel now. Like let's push and let's get points. And unfortunately, I didn't think you know Creighton had many answers there, you know, as it kind of came down to the wire. Yeah, it, you know, it just felt like at end game in, in uh, two and four, which were the ultimate swingers, like Kansas was just a little bit cleaner, maybe just, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't, I, I thought, especially in, uh, in uh, set two, I thought Creighton took some aggressive swings at like trying to finish that thing. Like, I don't think they were passive at all. I just think Kansas was, you know, and it is a game of inches. Sometimes, you know, the ball falls, this way it goes off the hands that way. Like, you know, there's, there, it's not all um, in your control, but I didn't think <clears throat> it was for a lack of trying on Creighton's part. I thought they took aggressive swings, which is what you want to see out of them. If they're, if they're feeling good about what they're doing. I just thought Kansas was just, a, when you look at the end of two and four that made the difference, I just thought Kansas was a little bit cleaner. Yeah, I agree. And I think you saw that too. I think in some of their connections with setter, I thought they ran their middle really well, moved them around. And I thought, you know, every set was kind of like on the money and they had a really good swing at it. And at times I didn't think Creighton was maybe quite as clean on some different swings and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, unfortunately it comes down to just a few points typically and mm-hmm. an NCAA match. And you saw that in several sets. I mean, that second set and fourth set could have honestly gone either way. Um, you know, it's just kind of at what point are we are we scoring points and can we will one more point or two more points, you know, than the other team? And um, for Kansas, I think they were able to do that a little bit better than Creighton was. Yeah, 100%. You know, my overall takeaway from the weekend, which I didn't think it was going to be um, – I wouldn't have had this takeaway if they didn't have to deal with the with Jayla getting hurt. So let me just state that, but – I came away just impressed with the way they made every point of battle from the minute she went down on like, you know, obviously the first set against Kansas, notwithstanding. So that's the outlier, but you know, the rest of the second set against Ole Miss, the third set against Ole Miss, and then the last three sets against Kansas. I just, I think they showed everybody that was watching that hasn't followed Creighton volleyball and then also reinforced it for everybody that has followed this team this year that it a wasn't a one person outfit, right? Like they had depth, they had talent, 
They had a lot of players who were capable of contributing, making major contributions to playing good volleyball. Um, they adjust on the fly. They handle adversity well. And I think that's all those components are why you saw this team um, go 30 and three, win the Big East uh, regular season title, win the conference title, um, you know, get a hosting seed like top top 16 seed like um i didn't come into this weekend expecting to think like that i come, came in this weekend expecting to think creighton's been here twice already they have a they have arguably their best defensive team ever um if they're going to get that kind of like you know if they're going to advance out of their own region for the first time like it's going to happen with them playing up to their level and when Jayla went down, my mindset changed a little bit. I just became kind of caught up in just how they battled through that, even though they fell short again. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they fell short. It felt like they put their best out there. Maybe they won't feel that way. And that's for them to, to mar- motivate themselves off of. Right. That's, that's their prerogative because they, they get to use that however they want to to motivate their training and their, and their, what they do in the following seasons, the rest of their careers. Right. But for me observing it, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, your senior captain went down in a, like a heap of pain and it was in a, it was a crazy emotional moment. And you, you know, you handled it at really well, in my opinion, that was the takeaway from me. It wasn't what I thought I was going to take away from the weekend going in, but it's what I took away after the fact. What did you take away from this weekend? Yeah, you know, I think they did battle, and I think that was impressive. And I don't think at any time, you know, they were timid or, you know, like tipping every ball and things like that. I think they went out there to win, and they had that mindset that we're going to win this match, you know, no matter who's across the net from us and, you know, no matter what lineup we have to play with. So I think it is impressive, and obviously, you know, losing Jayla was a major blow, you know, not only statistically, but I think, a lot of the intangible things that she brings to the team, you know, were also missed, um, you know, at times when it's unfortunate, you know, all the year she finds out, but hopefully, hopefully she'll be back next year. Um, All right, we're going to go take two on Megan Ballinger talking about Halo Zimmerman. Sorry, Zoom's not cooperating with this. and It doesn't want the season to be over, apparently. So we're going to try this again. But, yeah, like Creighton, uh, you know, I was just talking about how kind of Creighton, uh, you know, my takeaway was how they responded after um, Jayla went down. And you were kind of talking about what uh, all the things that Jayla does, you know, to provide an impact on the floor. Yeah, you know, I think the main thing you maybe see is just statistically, I mean, the kills, the digs, you know, serving, that sort of thing. But I think, you know, you can't overlook what she does intangibly just for the team, you know, the attitude she brings, that competitive edge, um, you know, the way that she can just motivate her teammates. Um, so I think those just, you know, so important, maybe more important at times, you know, than what she even does statistically. But 
Um, you know, and then just to see her team go out there and just fight and, you know, it's what you want. And I'm sure she was sitting over there on the sidelines, just telling them, you know, go after it, um, you know, play as best as you can and don't leave anything else, you know, out there on the court. Cause I mean, it's, it's the time that you dream of during season, right? I mean, it's instantly tournament. It's what you work for all year. And, you know, that off season too, to just be in that position. So you just have to go out there and, you know, play your hardest and will your team to win so you know unfortunately they didn't come out you know the good thing is a lot of young to learn this and i'm sure you know just so that they can be bashing and Yeah, like 80% of that was really good. So, so we'll keep that. Um, I was saying, did you get any of that? Yes, I got I, I was got, talking to myself. That, I <laughs> there was a lot of good bits in there, so we're just going to keep rolling on through that one. Uh, there was only a little bit of a breakup at the end there. Hopefully everybody takes away the, the, the part that came through. Um, but, yeah, we do have three departing seniors. We, uh, Jayla, you know, obviously is an interesting, in an interesting position right now because – I just don't know what that timetable looks like. Right. Like it's, uh, she hadn't made a decision yet. If you know, she when we asked her after the St. Maybe after the Seton hall match. Yeah. Right before St. John's, if she had, if her not being part of the senior day, um, celebration was, uh, you know, signal to everybody that she was coming back and she was kind of noncommittal there, but there was a little bit of like a, you know, a wily veteran smiling, like maybe I know, but maybe I don't want to tell you yet, you know? So um, that was kind of up in the air and you're kind of wondering like, all right, does maybe the, does the postseason run matter? Like if she goes on a deep run with her team, is that the experience she was chasing? And that's what she wants to go off. Like, you know, um, with the injury, it throws so much into it because what's the timetable. How does she recover from an ACL? this late in the year and what does it take away from a super senior season? Should she come back to use it? Like what's the, is the juice worth the squeeze in that one? Right. Like if she, like just on a timetable standpoint, what are you looking at? Best case scenario for an ACL is like nine months and you're cleared for physical activity. Right. But that's not necessarily clear for physical activity doesn't mean, hey, go out there and start taking 20 rips a game from the left side. Right. Like that's different than being ready to go for a volleyball match. Yeah. And I mean, just in the fashion that she plays, obviously, the she's typically in there all the time. So, you know, that's tons and tons of minutes and jumps and um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm sure she'll get it fixed and start the rehab process and I'm sure it'll be kind of a day at a time, you know, a week at a time, see, you know, how she's doing and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard, hard to know. And unfortunately, you know, that injury is so time consuming. Um, so we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, maybe she'll stay at Creighton. I, I think, you know, she'd be in a good spot just to, you know, be on the team and, um, hopefully get to play again. So I guess we'll see. And, you know, mm. hopefully, hopefully she's back just because, you know, you kind of want to see her have success and get that chance again. Yeah, for sure. That's the one thing you're like, God, I wish 
I could write a better ending for her because of what she's done in her time, right? Like, she just deserves one. The thing that's interesting is, like, I was kind of curious about your thoughts on this because I don't really know. Because I, I don't know. I just I, – I haven't covered a lot of players that have gone through that type of an injury off of being the sixth rotation stud before, right? But with the way volleyball, like, the different responsibilities that you have to be – that just take a different toll on your body. Like, can you come back from a torn ACL and still be a six rotation stud? Like, can you still play back row every time pass dig dive? And then, you know, when you rotate front row, still have the explosiveness to, you know, put the ball away, like, or just, or is her, her the rest of like what her career looks like changed in terms of the way she might play. You know, you know, it might change a little bit, especially just how much she, you know, gets to practice and that sort of thing. I mean, I know when I was a senior, like, I wasn't practicing that much. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it might change a little bit, and I'm sure it, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, okay, how does she feel today? How are, how are we feeling, you know? Um, so, unfortunately, it kind of comes down to just, like, managing Um health and you're not you know as free to be like I'm going to be in practice every day you know I'll be out here taking tons of reps so you know it kind of gets down to that time where you're managing health more than anything and um, hopefully getting a chance to be out there and actually playing the games yeah it'll be interesting if she comes back how she how she navigates that I'll tell you one thing though like if you're going to bet on someone that's that's one to bet on so we'll see what she ultimately decides but <laughs> she's got a tough road ahead right here so we'll certainly be praying that everything goes well from the uh, from the surgery standpoint and the recovery standpoint, because like we've already said right here, we kind of just, if there's, if you're picking one person who deserves a better ending than the way that went down, it's, it's her for sure. Um, three other departing seniors though, that have, you know, uh, I don't think they have any, well, I guess Annika has eligibility left, but she's graduating. So, Annika Welty, uh, you've played with two of these players. Annika, the three seniors are Annika Welty, Abby Bottomley, and Naomi Hickman. Um, you know, Annika's, Annika's interesting because she's kind of had like a late career surge here. But, you know, we talked about this at the – I think on our last podcast was I don't think there's any way Creighton wins – the Big East title and the conference tournament title, and then probably doesn't even host based on that. Um, if Annika Welty doesn't play the way she did down the stretch. And the thing that's crazy about it is like, you know, she's had to battle like that ankle injury basically since she got here. Right. Like it's been a constant, um, a constant thing for her. Like she's been in, I, I don't think I've ever seen her like not playing volleyball out of a walking boot. I'm serious. Like, I don't even know if I have. So, you know, what, like when you think about your time with playing out with Annika as a teammate and then kind of watching what type of senior year she had down the stretch, like, what do you, what do you think she meant to um, Creighton this season and uh, just the way she kind of battled through adversity to get to that point? Yeah. You know, I, can't believe she's a senior honestly I guess I'll start with that um I know I, I just can't believe she's already you know gonna be done so uh, I guess I'll age myself but um 
Yeah, you know, I think just her growth from when she came in freshman year and, you know, to now being a senior, I think is just incredible to watch. And, you know, I think the coaches even, you know, had to tell her, be like, Annika, like you can be a key player for us. And I think, you know, when she started to believe that, I think you kind of saw her growth and um, just the way she was able to, you know, play that right side position, play the middle position and kind of do just whatever she was asked, I think is really impressive. And, you know, you don't see that quite as much somebody that can kind of thrive in both positions. So I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think they go out and win the Big East tournament without her and just the depth that she gave to them and just, you know, the way that she can play middle really well, run the slide really well, just, it gave them such a great look offensively um, and made them really hard to defend. So I think what she did was really impressive and, you know, she definitely ended her career um, on a high note and playing her best volleyball, which is exactly what you want to do. And, you know, I commend her definitely for all the hours and hours she put in, um, you know, dealing with injuries is, is never fun, especially things that kind of chronically come up. So yeah, it's just impressive. And, you know, the amount of work she put in, I think she really got, you know, got what she put into it. Yeah. Um, Abby Bottomley only played at Creighton one year, um, transferred in from High Point, uh, played before Tom Mendoza and Ryan Meek, former Creighton assistants. Um, I mean, she's seventh all time in digs. Uh, she finished her career last night, uh, ranked seventh. I think she had 2,700 plus digs. That's just a crazy amount of digs in a career. But, you know, like the, I, and she came here and she didn't really make, you know, you don't hear players kind of declare things like this. They kind of, especially in volleyball, like you guys don't like to make a lot of noise. Not usually, right? Like when they do, you're usually, you know, you're dealing with someone different. But normally it's just like, you know, just we're not making any declarative statements. We're just going to come in, do what we do, uh, play great in volleyball and let the results speak for themselves, you know. But Abby didn't make any bones about the fact that she came to Creighton to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Like she wanted to experience what it was like to play um, on the biggest stage and hang with and beat elite teams on a nightly basis, you know. So that was like her stated goal. She never shied away from that. And I think that's really um, – it's something that's admirable from a libero because you're just – there's so much that has to go into putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak, you know. You can't hide from the game if you're a libero, you know. So she came and made that statement, and then she had to back it up with her play because she wasn't guaranteed a, a, a spot either, right, like – as as prolific as she was in her career, like Ellie Bolton had a heck of a spring last year. Like, you know, that wasn't a position that was easily conceded to Abby. She had to earn that. So I think that's what is, you know, you remember about Abby is that she came in with a whole bunch of just like um, focus on making a run and having a special, special end to her career. Um, and I think you saw her play like that against Kansas, like, um, you know, she's just all over the floor, just wouldn't let anything go down easy. And she was part of the reason that Kansas, I think, started to get in its head a little bit because the kills that were coming easy in the start of the match weren't coming as easy late. And, you know, spearheading that charge in the back row is Abby. Um, so I think, you know, she had a lot to do with why that match got to the point that it got to where Kansas had to kind of dig deep instead of front run a little bit, like they had the first four sets of the weekend. Um, so I think that's going to be cool to think about, like 
just the positive influence she had. All of her teammates, you know, seem to think really highly of her. And that's tough to um, do as a first year player, right? To have that kind of an impact on your team, you know. Uh, I think it just speaks to kind of the the addition that she ended up being um, that she seemed to have, you know, the respect of her teammates, the admiration of her teammates. And she backed up, you know, she backed up her, her words with her play. She didn't shy away from the moment when the moment showed up. You know what I mean? She, she wanted to make a deep run in the tournament, but she also wanted to be a reason they did. So I think, you know, when you look at the way she played and the level she played at, that's, uh, That'll be it'll be easy to remember Abby Bottomley for sure. Um, Naomi Hickman's the last one. Uh, longtime teammate of yours, right? Like, if if Annika, you're surprised that she's a senior. Naomi, you're like, wow, you're still around. Uh, so yeah, she came back for her super senior year after last spring. Um, and I asked one of the dumbest questions in the history of press conferences when I asked her last night if it was worth it. Uh, that's literally how I phrased it, Megan. Can you believe that? It wasn't, yeah, worth, it wasn't worth it. To, can you imagine what she if there was like an alternative answer to that? Like, no, not really. But Naomi's so nice that she probably answered it like really nicely. She wanted to be like, "What kind of question is that?" She did answer it very nicely. She, you're right. She was very respectful. Like Abby was the one who was like, eh, "Not really." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was funny. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, she ended her career fourth all time in Creighton history and block assists. Just a prolific. Uh, career as a middle blocker always like you you know if you were to isolate Creighton's kind of big matches um, throughout her career just pick whatever ones you think there are Marquette the NCAA tournament ones like just isolate those Naomi's had her best you know what I mean that's the thing that's really impressive like and she had seven kills last night one of her better offensive outputs maybe since the last time Jayla went down honestly which kind of shows you that she's you know she's she like she enjoys stepping up for the team. Um, what are you gonna remember about Naomi? Like what what from your experiences playing with her, and then like watching her as your career ended and hers um, kept going. Yeah, you know, I think she's just been kind of a, a key for creating that you know the middle position for. Her. I mean, she was there for five years, so five years. Um, you know, she was she was an instrumental part um, every single year, so. Yeah, I mean, blocking-wise, I think you just look at her blocking numbers and just over her career, I think, you know, she's been one of the best blockers to come come through Creighton. And, you know, off the court, too, I think she's just one of those great teammates that, you know, is always there for you. And she's the same person every single day. And I think that's so impressive. And somebody that just all of her teammates love and get along with, um, you know, which you can't say about everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think some of those things just intangibly, she's a very grounded person. and. Um, you know, just, just as that nice, like steady Eddie person, I think in that middle position and, and hasn't for years. So yeah, she, you know, her, her fifth year coming back, I, you know, I didn't know if she was going to, and I had talked to her prior to the season and, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm going back. So it really made sense. And I think it was good, you know, for the team to have her there. And mm-hmm. um, like you said, a, a lot of those big matches, she played really well. And I thought too, last night, you know, it was probably one of her best offensive performances of this season. Um, so, you know, it's just good to see her have success and, um, she's competitive. Maybe, you know, you don't see it on her face after, but yeah, she have been, she was a fun person to play with. For sure. You could, I mean, she, she was one of those kids who like, 
you know, good or bad, there was a smile on her face before every point. So, like, you could tell that she really enjoyed, like, she tried to, at least she tried to enjoy every part of her career. Like, so I think that's, that's fun. That's one of the things that you notice about Nora, too, is, like, she'll have these, like, crazy digs, and then she'll get up off the floor. The point is still being played, and she's just, like, smiling. It's like, you don't usually (laughs) see that very much, so. Yeah, that's 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 something that's unique to Naomi is like she's very positive um, and has a positive influence, I think, on her team for sure. Um, What should we wrap this? Like, how do you feel about the season as a whole? I don't know if we want to do. We, I don't. It's tough to get into, like, what we feel like the team looks like next year, because there's just so much that's kind of up in the air. Um, you know, you don't know what players think of their roles like how Jayla handles this injury. If she decides to come back, um, what those, you know, incoming recruits look like, what the transfer situation looks like in terms of adding uh, pieces here and there. So I I think we'll table that for maybe next season when we have a clearer picture instead of spec. I know wild speculation is kind of like the media game, but we'll avoid that. (laughs) We'll avoid that now. Yeah. Um, Let's just let, let's just end on what we what what are like over you know our overall feeling of this season is. I'll let you go first. Like what you what 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 are you gonna take away from you know thirty one and four, a Big East title, Big East you know tournament title, hosting again, third time in five years, winning the tournament match after last year going one and done, or last spring, I should say going one and done, like. What's what what are you know when you when you look back maybe a month from now and not everything is as vivid, like what are maybe some of the things that'll be top of mind when you think about this season? You know, it's hard, especially, you know, just sitting here a day after, you know, that installed tournament loss. I think, you know, you look at that and you're like, okay, like they could have done it, right? Like they could have advanced and you look at that, but then you, you have to look at back at, you know, the months and months and months of games. And I mean, overall, you know, they, they had the most wins, um, you know, ever for a Korean volleyball team in a season. So, I mean, I don't think you can overlook that. And the way that the conference has kind of risen, you know, just in the rankings of, you know, mm. toughness and the quality of teams, I think is so impressive. And, you know, you maybe don't think about that as much, but the way they were able to handle, you know, the conference matches and then come out on top in the the conference tournament, um, again, was extremely impressive. So, you know, I think they set the bar even higher. And I, I think that's what you want to do, right? Especially for those seniors, you hope you left the place you are, you know, better than you found it. And mm. I think for every senior class, you have to look back kind of at your body of work and just the season that you played and, you know, ask yourself, like, have we gotten better? Have we taken this program, you know, to different heights? Have we, have we kept the bar where it is? Have we, you know, even just for those younger players, I think, you know, they know the standard for Creighton and now they've experienced it. So you hope, you know, for years to come, they're still winning big championships, you know, they're getting to the NCAA tournament, they're hosting the NCAA tournament and hopefully breaking through to that um, sweet 16 again. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just impressive. And the, the sustained success of Creighton volleyball, I think is another thing that's just impressive. And, you know, you almost come to expect like biggest championships and things. Um, but every year is a battle and every year it's a different group of people. So I think it just becomes a challenge every single year. And, um, you know, it's just a different look. So hopefully that success can continue for many years to come. For sure. 
Um, yeah, my, my takeaway is a little, uh, you know, there's some things in there that I definitely will probably remember. I mean, you, you just like, you'll know that they were, I'll, I'll think of them as, as the best defensive team, certainly that I've ever covered in Creighton history. And I don't know, you know, I started covering them in 2012. I'm not really sure how many teams prior to that would, would even be in that conversation. So I feel comfortable in saying that, um, that they're, you know, where their identity of these, like these special teams that they've had have been more offensive. I think this one is one of the ones that you can confidently say was, was carried by its defense for large portions of the season. Um, and this is probably, you know, you're, you're right in that making this assessment a day after the season ended probably affects our responses to this. Right. So it certainly is going to affect mine because I, uh, I was trying to think about it this morning of how I wanted to like, you know, what I was going to think about when I thought about this season. And it's probably maybe the answer will change in a couple months. Maybe I'll feel differently about it next fall, maybe, but I just feel sick. Like <laughs> I just, <laughs> I kind of feel sick for them. I do because, um, it's not that 31 and four and like all the other stuff I listed was like not worthy of celebration. I don't mean to, to, to dumb that down um, because it's hard work to do that. I think that's the thing that people don't really um, grasp about the, you know, this program is that they've turned all that stuff into like expectation because they've done it so often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, that's what we, we talked about this many times throughout the podcast. They are victims of their own success because they've had so much of that type of it that you're like, all right, you've already won biggies titles before. Show me something else. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, you get that like kind of exasperation from the fan base when they drop a match to St. John's or UConn. Right. Cause you feel it. Like you see it in your mentions. You're like, Oh man, devastating loss. They're not hosting now. Now they're gonna go on the road and advance in the tournament, yada yada yada. Like if those every time they slip up, it feels like a season ending moment. It's like that's because of the standard that Creighton has set for itself. So I don't mean to diminish those accomplishments because I know how hard it is to go through those first couple months to get to this point where you have created stakes for yourself you know what i mean but they're going to the sweet 16 if dayla zimmerman is healthy like there's no doubt in my mind about it and like i'm, I'm like that's what makes me sick is like she does I, I think there was a part of her and i could be wrong that you know was m using morehead state as motivation throughout this whole season I mean, I saw it on day one of practice. I don't know if I've told people this. I think I have. But they went through a day one of practice. They were going through a conditioning drill where they were kind of just like, you know, it was bump, set, pass, swing, run, 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 run around the court, like bump, set, pass. Like they were kind of going through six rotations, and it was a very, like, you know, fast-paced conditioning drill, right? And towards the end of it, they were starting to fall off a little bit in terms of their, you know, passing and – um, hitting like you could tell the legs were starting to wear in a little bit um, and Jayla like yeah, like they were in the roof so 
you know, it's a cavernous facility, right? Um, and I'm all the way on the other side of the end of the, the court, but I heard her yell, like, you know, demonstrative, like, not losing in the first round again. She didn't say, let's go. She didn't say, pick it up. She didn't say, you know, <laughs> we can do this or anything like that. Her, her words were, we're not losing in the first round again. Like, that's how she... That's that was like her war cry to get everybody through that drill when it was when the legs were starting to get really heavy. So she was motivated by getting back to December and erasing what happened last spring and and making a run, right? And that's why I feel sick for her and the team because you add Abby into the mix and she came here to make a deep run. And her and she essentially, you know, her her she lost in the second round just like she did at high point last year. Naomi came back because I imagine Moorhead State didn't stick in her head very well either when she processed the end of last season at the same time. So I'm just like, I'm a little bit sick. I don't know. I I 31 and four is incredible. Hang they hung two more ban they have to hang two more banners because they ran out of room. The Big East, the the years they have to add for the Big East titles have to create new new banners. Otherwise, they have to use smaller font. So they they have to they added two more banners to the to the to the decorations there. So that's not nothing. They went on the road. They beat the reigning national champ. That's a memory they'll always have. I think it was Kirsten's 500th career win too. Like they'll mm-hmm. always have that. Angie and Kirsten won their 400th match 400th match at Creighton at home against Marquette in a big match. So they'll remember that. Um, you know, Nora Sis had an incredible freshman year. Kendra Wade had an incredible freshman year. Um, but I think I'm gonna be sick. Like I, I, I think it's like I just feel bad for them. I just do. You know, like Kiara Reinhardt wasn't healthy all year after an incredible freshman spring. That's a what if. Jayla Zimmerman going down against Ole Miss. That's a what if. Like I just feel like this team didn't get what it deserved. You know, that's kind of like why I'm taking away from it. Is that fair or foul? Like, where am I at? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm kind of in that same boat, too. I think you look at it, you know, like, everything that we did, just, you know, I almost wouldn't compare to, like, making a C16, you know, making it back to there. I think that's what you work for all season, right? I mean, your whole conference schedule, you're hoping you're getting better and better and playing good teams so that you can be prepared and win, you know, when the time comes in the NCAA tournament, so – as much as many great things happen this season, I, you know, I think you look at it and you're like, well, what if, you know, what if we had Jayla, you know, what if the circumstances, you know, were a little bit different? So, yeah, unfortunately it just, it turned out that way. And I think for a lot of fans and especially the players, you know, they'll, they'll watch these matches and be like, we could have been there, you know, um, if everyone would have been healthy. So yeah, gosh, you, that's the worst part about sports. I mean, I, just, that is so, right. Like as a player, do you dare go back and terrible. watch that? Do you, are you are you even gonna like? I I never watched my last match. I'm not ever gonna watch that. Really? God no. I don't yeah. See, because that's see that 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 I think that reinforces what I'm thinking right here because your last match was a really really good match against Minnesota. Like I've watched it since then. Like it was. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's, what I hear. <laughs> that's what I hear. But you but you. I do not have. Yeah, but because of the experience that you had, because it's your last one and it ended that way and you felt like, oh, yeah, just beat Minnesota for going to the Sweet 16. Because it ends like that, you're like, I'm, I'm never watching that again, right? 
I didn't hear anything you said after. <laughs> yeah, Megan cut me off when I started talking about Minnesota. So, yeah. So yeah, you never you've never watched that thing again, have you? No. You never will, right? I don't think so. It's an incredible match. Like it was an incredible battle, but because it because it it ends the way it does, you're never gonna watch it again. I don't think so. Yeah. I think I'd have to be very far removed from it to be able to want to watch that. Gotcha. <laughs> so that's what I mean. You take away like your 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 uh lasting feeling. You had an incredible career. You know what I mean? What Thanks. do you how do you remember it? <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> um, no, it's fine. Um, I mean, it was good. I just—it's hard, I guess, when you're in the middle of it to like enjoy it, right? Because you're just your first year. You're like, okay, did I play well? And then you move on to the second year, and you're hoping you're getting better. And then, you know, you lose. I mean, you either lose or you win a national championship. <laughs> so it's just. Well, yeah, I don't know. It. It's it's bittersweet. It, that's literally, I mean, what it is. You're either yeah. gonna lose, or you're gonna win a natty. So yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I appreciate it for everything it was, and um, you know, for me, I don't. I wouldn't say I like really remember like specific games that much, like things that happened so much. As you know, I just remember like hanging out with my teammates and obviously like big matches that we won, especially in the NCAA tournament. I I remember like put. Mm. and stuff but yeah hard part of like always wanting to be better right like get more wins get farther and then you just you kind of get caught up in that and then it's hard to turn it you off sit back and you're like oh like you know overall this is a really you know good time <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's the uh that's the part of like turning into like a competitive robot is like it's hard to turn off i imagine right you're like well wait we just lost i don't like that feeling i'm not yeah. I don't want to go. I don't want to go sit in front of the media and tell everybody all the things I'm going to remember about the season because I'm pissed off right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. The, that's the game we get into, right? We got to figure out a new way to like cover sports, maybe give you guys like a month or something yeah. to talk to us or something. Um, <laughs> I don't actually. You didn't do. I don't think you did the post game after your Minnesota match, right? Like you, yeah, that was probably by design. You were like, yeah, I'm done with this. No. Um. Yeah. No, I. Uh... I, but I think that just like that's that's just it's I'm tapping into that a little bit I think because I feel sick for them because I think they deserved better and I think they and that and I, honestly you know what it is it's not even that I didn't feel this way after uh, nineteen any of the last pet I don't always feel this way after they lose their final match I guess is what I'm saying you know what I mean I think this the, mm-hmm. this this one's different because. They didn't just deserve better. They were capable of better, and they would have done more had their luck been better. You know what I mean? I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to say they – like, they didn't, they didn't like, shrink in the moment or anything like that. They didn't, they didn't fall short and, you know, end up in a situation where they had to beat themselves up over, like, not being able to execute the things they can control the reason their season's over is because of things they couldn't control. And that's what, that's kind of why I feel like a little bit sick about it. Cause it wasn't just that they deserved better is that they, I think they would have done the things they wanted to do had their luck been better. And I don't know if that's a fair yeah. way to think about a season, but that's kind of what I'm going to think about when I think about this one. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. I mean, something happened that's completely out of your control and then, yeah. 
you know, other years you lose, but okay, we did everything within our control. Like we were aggressive at the end game, you know, we, we played our hearts out. I mean, not that they didn't do that, but I mean, you have such a, a large blow and just something that you completely can't control. You have no control over mm-hmm. it. And you're like, okay, well, what do we do now? I think, I think that's the part of that. It's just, it's so hard to kind of wrap your mind around and just, you know, not have those thoughts of like, okay, what if, you know, mm-hmm. what if we had her, what if, you know, well, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's the worst part about sports. I mean, injuries just especially really? at such a time that is just, I mean, it's crunch time. It's the time you worked for the entire season and your entire career is, yeah. you know, to get to those points where you have chances to, to make a run in the NCAA tournament. So I think that's just why it's, it's so devastating. And I mean, you experienced it. Uh, what the year you guys made the elite eight, you were really, you were beat up bad too. Right. Before that. I don't, did you play in the Texas match? I don't remember. I thought, no, I wasn't healthy enough. To play. Yeah. See, so you know, yeah. what that, you know exactly what that feels like, right. To be like, Hey, you know, we're not at our best right now. Like imagine if we were, yeah. Like that's, yeah, yeah that was, that was a rough one. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's injuries, man. And then, yeah, the way Texas too ended was in an injury. So, True. Um, uh, yeah. yeah it was it's it, yeah there's there's some moments in there we're celebrating though so yeah, yeah i don't know we're not telling you how to think think about how the season however you want to um it's honestly some of it's a byproduct of us recording this thing like less than what 12 hours <laughs> they're done i guess so that's maybe a scheduling thing but yeah i don't know that's just kind of the way i'll i'll think about this year because i think it was a special one i think they you know they won't, you know, they won't add their, you know, years to that Sweet 16, Elite Eight, maybe Final Four banner. But, like, I think I'll think of this team as one of the best teams in Creighton history because I think it was. I just think they got bad luck. So, uh, yeah. Anything else, Megan? Anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap up our wrap up our season here? Uh, no. I guess we'll see you hopefully next next season preseason maybe so yeah exactly exactly yeah no but uh yeah i do have to i really want to thank megan for kind of humoring me on this venture i think you know i'm not sure either of us had a plan for what this was gonna go like we kind of just were like hey volleyball needs more coverage want to do a podcast we're like yep let's do it and then we just kind (laughs) of went from there (laughs) um so uh but it's been fun. Like, I do think it's fun talking the game um, as opposed to just kind of trying to write about it and follow it. So I appreciate you humoring me in that and taking time out of, you know, your busy schedule to, you know, dissect the game a little bit further than just watching it as a fan. Um, I th- I've learned a lot from this, and I know I know for a fact listeners have too. Like, they tell me all the time, like, man, that podcast is so good. She's so, you know, she knows the game so well, and I learned something from her every time. So good. I really yeah, appreciate I don't know. I didn't feedback. get many reviews from people, so. <laughs> oh, maybe they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I do. I've gotten some pretty good reviews from, from your analysis. So, yeah, we'll see, uh, you know, what life brings us. Hopefully we can fire this thing, dust it off, and fire it up next year when the season starts again. But, you know, it's been fun to, to dissect the game and talk about it and, uh, and to follow this team, because I really do think they were they had a special group this year. And um, regardless of, you know, how sour the ending kind of tastes a little bit, uh, there's a lot to there will be a lot to like look back on and go, oh, yeah, that was a pretty special 
special time. So we thank you all for the listeners for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, Cause without you, we're just talking to ourselves and wasting our time. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in all year. Thank you very much. Um, look forward to uh, hearing from you guys again next fall for Megan. I'm Matt. This has been your Creighton Volleyball Wrap-Up Podcast.